the root of the guilt in my life, the root of the feeling out of balance sometimes comes from focusing on where I am not. I'm living my life looking in the rearview mirror. It's choosing to be where your feet are. Be present where you are. And I think as simple as this is, we miss it. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. That's why I interview these people, actually. So join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose, which again is why I interview these people, because they're so much further ahead of me. Nobody drifts into excellence. Let's do it together on purpose. This is part two of a two-part interview with Christy Wright. Ramsey Solutions personality, mom, wife, successful entrepreneur, uh, child of a single mom who was an entrepreneur, author, Instagram queen, I guess. I don't really know <laughs> what it takes to be that, but she's got like 80,000 followers on there. A small city follows her. So if you didn't listen to part one, you should probably go back and do that. We talk about imposter syndrome and how she defines leadership, among other things. And then part two, we get into one of the things we get into is how does she balance all this stuff and not go crazy? Here it is. Part two of my interview with Ramsey Solutions personality, Christy Wright. Staying in that vein of personal, uh, I know that you you mentioned you are a mom. Yep. Uh, you are a wife. Yep. You are an entrepreneur. You are a personality, as you said, for Ramsey Solutions. Right. I'm saying all the stuff that you know, but I'm just cataloging it. You're yeah. an author. Yep. You're a podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Last week, Ken Coleman, who I've already said before, he was interviewing Sarah Blakely, yep. uh, the lady who uh, came up with Spanx. And he said, instead of using the word balance, he used the word rhythm. So regardless of semantics, you know, semantics sure. side, how is it that you find, whether it's balance or rhythm or whatever, in all of that and not lose who you are? Like, how do you do that? Okay. I love this question. And, and people love to talk about balance and life mm -hmm. balance because it's a pain point. And mm -hmm. I think we live our lives perpetually feeling out of balance and we're not sure why. So we're always digging into this topic. Like, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you, you know, um, I'll tell you what works for me. And yeah. I wouldn't say that this is a foolproof plan for anyone, but here are some things that I've identified. One of the things that I'm really good at is I'm a problem solver. And so if, if I feel out of balance and I'm going to dig into that and figure out what's the root of it. So let me just give you a few, a handful of things yeah, that are tactics. Great. It's not like this is a, you know, 15 step program, but here's some things that like really help me. Um, number one, a few years ago, I was actually dropping my son off at daycare. This was Carter. I was dropping him off for the first time. And as I left daycare, which any mom that's ever done that on the first day of daycare, like you're sobbing. You're hysterical. I'm a bad mom. This is the word. Like you're hysterical. Yeah. And you see other moms dropping off their kids and running out the door. So you're like, it must get easier because <laughs> this is really hard. So I was leaving and I was driving to work, which was a quarter mile away. Okay. So I'm very close in proximity to yeah. my child in daycare. Yeah. He is fine. But I was just overwhelmed with guilt. And I felt God speaking to me and saying, remember that what you're doing is important. Where you're going is important. And I realized I had been living my life looking through the rearview mirror. And I still, to this day, struggle with this. Where the root, when I say problem solving, the root of the guilt in my life, the root of the feeling out of balance sometimes comes from focusing on where I am not on focusing on what I'm not doing. So I'm living my life looking in the rearview mirror. If I'm at work, 
I'm like, are my kids okay? Are they hungry? Do they need me? I, I missed out on a field trip. I, I forgot to pack the muffins for the teachers today. You know, yeah. I'm only thinking about home. But then you're at home and you do the same thing. Oh, but I forgot to catch up on that email. I didn't meet that deadline. I didn't call that client. You're always focused on where you're not. Well, let's just be honest. If you live your entire life focused on where you're not, you always feel guilty yeah. because you're always focused on where you're not. Not to mention you miss the entire moment that you're in. So it was as simple as choosing to flip a switch. And it is a conscious effort to change my thoughts where I'm going to look through the front windshield of where I am and through the rearview mirror of what I'm leaving behind. So right now, for example, I'm in Milwaukee hanging out with you. I'm going to get to do two keynotes today. I'm so, so excited. about. I am not thinking about my kids. They are somewhere being loved by someone taken care of. They're <laughs> fine. But when I get home tonight, I'm not going to be thinking about you or any of those people in that room. Right. I'm going to be on the floor playing with my kids. That's right. It's choosing to be where your feet are. Be present where you are. And I think as simple as this is, we miss it. And so for me, I feel incredible balance when I shake the guilt and choose to be present wherever I am. So that's one tactic. Mm -hmm. The second thing is I would say I have gotten very good at prioritizing. Now that sounds really simple, but let's just, let's again, dig into the root. Yeah, let's go. I think women tend to be more guilty of this than men. And maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me here. But if you imagine you've drawn a line, so a mm -hmm. um, horizontal line, okay? okay? And on that line fall all the things that we do every day. So sure. there's there's work, there's church, there's family, there's friends, there's working out, there's reading, there's your faith life, there's volunteer, all these things. Women tend to live their life like everything is on this horizontal line. And so when two things compete, they don't know how to make decisions. They feel, mm. I, oh, I feel mm. I'm torn in these two directions. I don't, okay. It, you cannot live your life with everything in your life being on a horizontal line. Everything is not created equal. And then when push comes to shove, you don't know how to make decisions and you always feel bad because you're pulled in multiple directions because they will compete. Instead, it's a triangle, it's a pyramid, and there are priorities. And so when push comes to shove, you know what makes the cut. And it's not always that cut and dried and seasons will look different and all of that. But I'll give you an example. One of my mentors in college she poured into me all the time. And as a 19-year-old, I didn't have much to offer our relationship. But this one shining moment, this one <laughs> shining moment, she was really stressed about all the things going on. And I drew this line for her. I said, Jenna, I feel like this is your life. And I drew all the things on the horizontal line. I said, that's not my life. I said, I don't have the same things going on that you do, but here's mm -hmm. mine. I said, so for example, if I asked you to go to lunch on a day that it's your husband's birthday, you wouldn't know how to make a decision. But I said, if you were to ask me to go to lunch on a day that my mom's in town, no question, I'd tell you no. Mm -hmm. My mom's more important than going to lunch with you if my mom's in town. Yeah. I was in Knoxville. I said, it makes decision-making so much easier. And she was like, that's exactly it. Like, she took that little drawing to her husband and they worked it. So I think priorities, like it sounds so simple, but having priorities, and it's a lot more specific than just God, family, career. That's not true. Look at the season you're in. When I was in the season of launching my book in spring of 17, 99% of the time in a work day, my work was more important than my family. Now, not in the grand scheme. If my husband called me and my son's in the hospital, sure. I'm going to drop everything. Yeah. That's a that's a different yeah. scenario. But like, I'm not going to go to field day with my son when I'm on freaking book tour. Like right. the book is the priority. Yeah. But that summer, I wasn't doing any work. I wasn't responding to emails. I was hanging out with my kids, catching up from that crazy work season. There's an ebb and flow to our lives. There's a rhythm, as yeah. you said, to our lives. Um, but you've got to have priorities. So I would say um, being be where your feet are, mm -hmm. being present. Having priorities. And then third one, we could just talk about this all day. It's a we talk about it all the time because it we all suck at it. You gotta be able to say no. That was where I was Oh go. my okay. gosh. That, let's I, just let's I camp. Was, I was waiting for you to say it because I'm hearing like I saved it for last. I saved it for last. Because <laughs> I've heard Warren Buffett oh, say it. Oh, you have to. Okay. You have to. Um, do you have a process for saying no? Or like I, Yes, yes, okay. I do. Okay. So right. I love to make things tactical. Okay. Like not just theory, but like tactical. Yeah. 
saying no is a skill. It's a skill that can be learned. It's not like, oh, well, some people are good, some people are bad. That's true, but anyone can learn this skill, like, like cooking. You can learn to, to a new skill. Another thing is it's a muscle. So if you never exercise this muscle, the first time you say no, you're going to feel awkward. That muscle is weak. Mm-hmm. But the more you do it, the stronger the muscle becomes and the more natural it feels for you. And eventually, believe it or not, you feel more powerful. Like you have a say in your own life. Imagine that, right? Like this is your life. You don't just have the right to protect it. You have the responsibility to. No one can do that for you. And so I think one of the things, again, I just love to dig to the root of things. Like I love psychology. I'm fascinated by why we do what we do. If I'm really honest, my desire to say yes, aside from the fact that I'm just an enthusiastic person that doesn't like to miss out. I do like, I do (laughs) like to say yes. There's a deep layer of needing to be needed needing to be the hero, mm. needing to be the martyr. And and what if we're going to be totally honest and, and anybody that's struggling with that, like I need to be needed. So I say yes, because I need to be needed and I need you to like me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm going to disappoint you if I say no. So I'm going to say yes, because I'm worried about what you think of me. That's called codependency and it's not healthy. Uh, yeah. What is amazing is if we realize the root of what's driving that, it's not actually that we're all that altruistic. Mm. it's really a need to be needed. It's really a need for approval, um, which is an unhealthy thing. And so what's amazing is the flip side is also true. If you're confident, if you are a confident person and you work on cultivating this confidence of like, I'm okay. I don't need to be codependent on other people. I don't need to be dependent on what other people think of me. I'm going to do what's right for me and my family, my season of life. I'm going to parent my kids the way I want to parent them. I'm going to have my marriage, do my finances, lead my life how I want to, not worry about what other people think of me on Instagram or in my church or my in-laws or whatever, then what's amazing is you can ask me to do something for you and I can tell you no in a kind way. I'm not saying be rude, Mm -hmm. never, but I can decline and I can know that I'm going to be okay and you're going to be okay. And there's a healthy confidence that comes with that. But what's so great is I will give your listeners another tip. Okay. I'm going to give them the Matt Wright tip. This is my husband, Matt, Matt Wright. Matt Wright tells me no all the time <laughs> and he never says the word. Okay. He never says the word. You can actually say it without never saying the word, ever saying the word. So here's an example. I will say to my husband, Hey babe, I've got this great idea, which I do. I have a hundred great ideas a day. Uh, I got this great idea. We should completely remodel our entire downstairs. Okay. This is so typical of me. He will say, here's what he does. He starts with a positive affirmation, politely declines and never says the word never says the word no, and then ends with a positive affirmation. So he'll say something like this, like, wow, that is so creative. Um, Yeah, we don't have any more room in the budget or time for another project quite like that. But hey, I love that you are constantly looking at ways to improve. Like, he was so nice. The answer's still the same. No, we're not going to remodel our downstairs, right? So so when someone asks you to do something, you can say something like, hey, thanks so much for thinking of me. That's really polite. You know, I don't have the bandwidth right now to add anything to my plate, but thanks so much. I wish you the best. Now, Here's the other thing I'll caution against. Don't just say that you can't. Don't just say that you can't do it because you have something on your schedule. Because the implication is if you didn't have something on your schedule, you would do it. And guess what? Your life is yours. You have the right and the responsibility to protect it. So if you ask me to do something and I don't want to, it's not a priority to me. I want to actually be at home in my sweatpants with Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to say, no, thanks. Thanks for thinking of me. And you're like, oh, do you have other plans? No. Yeah. Plans with Ben and Jerry. Like I got big plans with Ben and Jerry. Like so often we think that's how I used to make decisions. Gosh, someone would ask me to do something. And the only questions I asked myself were, do they need me? Which is a yes, because they're asking. And can I physically fit this in my schedule? And if that's the only two questions you ask yourself, you will spend your whole life 
for someone else yeah. doing what they want to do. Whoever's the neediest, whoever's the loudest, whoever has the best guilt trip, you'll have no margin on your calendar. You'll have no margin for anything you want to do that's a priority to you. So let me, I'll just give you, again, I love to make it tactical. Let yeah, me give your go. listeners some questions. Here's some questions to ask yourself before you say yes. Number one, um, is this in line with my goals? Like, will this yes move me in the direction of where I'm trying to go? Um, how will this affect my family? Usually when you say yes, it's taking away from your family in yeah, some way, or it has, it has an imp- implication it. on your family. Um, does this compete with a higher priority? Uh, you know, is this, this sounds like good, but is it more important than other good things mm-hmm. that I'm doing? Um, do I want to do it? You're allowed to ask yourself if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, do you want to do it now? Would you want to do it then? Like, yeah, I want to do it now, but will I want to do it in six months right. when my, I'm in a different season of life or something else is going on, different priorities, that type of thing. Just ask yourself different questions. And one of the best questions that you can ask yourself, and my husband is brilliant at this because he uh, makes decisions so much different than I do. I'm instant. He says, let me think about it. Just let me think about it. You don't have to give an immediate answer. Let me think about it. Sometimes when you think about it, you realize you don't want to do it. Yeah. Because um, dopamine can be tricky. Yes. When you're I'm feeling good. You, you're like, oh, that sounds great. Yes, yes. My default is yes, which is why I speak on no all the time. Because I'm like, if you ask me anything, any day, at any time, my default is yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, I would love to go to that party. Yes, I would love to volunteer. Yes, I would love to cook 15 pots of chili for yeah. your, your cook-off. Yeah. Yes, I'd love to raise your kids and move your house. Yes. Like, yeah. but but we we have to realize that Every yes is saying no to something else. Right. And and so instead, don't focus on the no to that person. Focus on what you're saying yes to. You, you're saying yes to your family. You're saying yes to your rest. You're saying yes to Ben and Jerry's on the couch. You're saying yes yeah. to something that's better for you. Um, I love how Stephen Covey says, don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. So, so don't be reactive so and let good. everybody else fill up your calendar. Instead, you put on your calendar what matters to you. And everybody else can work around that if it fits in and if it makes sense. Um, And Warren Buffett is a a great quote. He says, the difference between successful people and very successful people is very successful people say no to almost everything. Um, It's not an optional skill if you want to be successful and you want to be a leader. It is something that is absolutely necessary for you to get to where you want to go. Andy Stanley says, the harsh reality of leadership is the more successful you become, the less accessible you become. You have to say no. That's true. I can't respond to every message on Instagram. Right. I can't say yes to every coffee date. I can't and right. I won't. And so you just have to realize that that's a necessary part of the journey. So before we before we close out, this is, again, not in the script, but I hinted at it before we started recording. I'm ready. Let's I'm just intrigued by, okay, you're, you got this life, but there's this rhythm. And then there's your brilliant husband, Matt. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about Matt. <laughs> so I want to I want to hear... A little bit about him. Whatever you, uh, personalities, you guys seem very different. Yes. Okay. Polar opposites. But you, okay, he's polar opposites, but you, you're healthy. You make this thing work. Yep. You, you're growing together. So wh- what is he like? What okay. does he do? What is okay, he let's, like? let's, let's talk about Matt. Matt is introverted, okay. quiet, patient, steady, stable, unemotional, practical, factual. I am none of those things. <laughs> loud, excitable, emotional, you know, all the things. Um, there, there's something to the opposites attract. I don't think that that's everyone's story, but it definitely is a lot of people's story. We certainly have the same values. So whether it's Mm. political, religious, financial, like we have the same values. And so, man, we're a team. We're a team when it comes to our faith. We're a team when it comes to managing our money. We don't always see it the same way, but we value the same things. Mm-hmm. We're not, you don't have one person that's just going off the rails and, and it puts a big divide in between us. But one important thing that I learned about Matt very early on before we even started dating that kind of made me do a head tilt of like, well, this isn't who I thought you were. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to think of introverted, quiet people like Matt 
as passive, as doormats, as insecure. Sure. And he is none of those things. Yeah. This man yeah. pursued me for seven months. He got turned down for seven months. And if you would have asked him during that process, like, so uh, how, how's it going with Christy? When I repeatedly told him no. In fact, even told him I was going to marry someone else. Like, I'm, I, nothing is ever going to happen with us. If you were to ask him, like, how are you feeling? Like, things are, he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. I got this. Like, he's I'm incredibly, the deal. I'm, he's incredibly confident. Like, he's incredibly confident. He's incredibly um, strong-willed. Mm -hmm. I mean, when he has an opinion about something, like, he will hold his ground. Yeah. So you would think, like, I wear the pants, I run the show because I'm so loud. No. Like, this, he is a leader. And I will be, you know, running my mouth about who knows what. And he will say one line, one line that immediately puts things into perspective. Sure. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'm done now. <laughs> like, it's brilliant. And I have such respect for him. So but he also knows me to know if he made it a battle of the wills, like where he just had to like bow up and be stronger and be yeah. louder. I, that's just an invitation to fight. I'm like, yeah. oh, you want to fight? Great. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Yeah. But instead, it's these really brilliant one-liners that he can immediately um, just put things into perspective for me. Leaders, uh, as I, I'm learning along the way, and I've been learning in this conversation, but it's it's affirming some things from even last week and other people have said, leaders don't all look the same. They don't all act the same. They don't all have the same uh, personality style, but there's a lot of similar characteristics. So if you know what you stand for, you can say no. Yeah. If you understand who you are and what's most important, you can prioritize and yep. maybe put somebody that you love in their place uh, gently yeah. <laughs> um, and even play pranks on people and still be have analytical. Yeah, you can fun. still have a great time. So um, I have lost track of time. This was so much fun for me. <laughs> I could talk to you all day. I love Thank it. Thank you uh, for doing this again. And before we close this thing out, uh, we'll have all this stuff in the show notes and all that kind of thing. But where if pe people will want to continue to engage with you. Sure. So some people I interview, they love the Instagram thing. I know I already made fun of myself because my Instagram game sucks. <laughs> but I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So I, that's where my thing is. You know, yeah, I use totally. LinkedIn a lot. Um, actually, side note, the, pretty much the only thing <laughs> that's on Instagram because I was trying to be about it versus just talking about it is me scaring my employees. I love it. Um, so well, that's I, a good I'll thing to have. have like, <laughs> I'll hide and have like a bullhorn and I'll just like kind of people. <laughs> Um, it's true. Uh, but anyway, so that, that aside, how, how should people engage with you? Where do you want people to go? And, and sure. Uh, Christy Wright.com is a great place where all the podcast book, all that good stuff. And then on Instagram or Twitter, it's, um, at Christy B. Wright. Okay. So when I said business boutique earlier, yep. it, that, it goes to the same place. Okay. So yep. that's what it's I, all that the same right thing. Okay. Yep. So either one. you heard it there. Uh, go to those websites check out her book as well. If you follow her on Instagram, I promise it, you will see a human. You will experience what you experienced during this podcast. She is a human being with real problems, with real emotion, and with real success stories because of failure and learning along the way. So, Christy, thank you, thank you, thank you for the time. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Will you come back? A hundred percent. She said yes. It's recorded. <laughs> I didn't stop recording. She said yes. So, I, I love this stuff. And I'm so fortunate to be here and work for Patrick Booth at CCB that I get to sit with these people and talk to them. Oh my goodness. Okay. So takeaway and action item. Takeaway, it's a little bit different. It's it's actually maybe a, little, a lot different than what you're thinking. Um, it's not necessarily what she said during this podcast, but uh, who she was. Here's what I mean. My takeaway, relational congruence. What does that mean? Are you the same person through and through? Or are you an actor on a stage? Action item. Change it. If you are just acting your way through this and you are not yourself in front of people, behind closed doors, with your family, 
at work. If it's not relational congruence, I know there's some changes. Like I'm not VP of sales when I'm with my kids. I'm dad. I get that. I'm talking about, are you the same person or are you acting in each scenario? Are you acting? Because if so, who knows who you really are? So takeaway, relational congruence, action item, take an assessment of yourself. Are you who you say you are through and through? Because I, I was really impressed with Christy. Here's another story that not a lot of people know about. So backstage, after the whole interview, after part two and all that craziness, I just said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And she was like, oh my goodness, thank you for having me. This is awesome. And then I had an idea and I just threw it out there because the imposter syndrome and I was all nervous and whatever. So I said, hey, um, you can say no. And I know you have the capacity to do so. Uh, maybe we could do a video for my wife. And she said, okay, wh- what do you mean? And I just explained, we've got four kids and you know she's very accomplished. She's got these all these degrees and stuff. And it's tough. It's tough being a mom. And I don't fully identify with it, but you're a mom and you've got degrees and you're standing here. And so maybe, would you mind doing like an encouragement? Oh, heck yeah. I did a quick selfie, like five seconds and said, you know what? Here, just somebody wants to talk to you. I hand it to Christy for three minutes. For three minutes, she just talks to my wife via my phone and encourages her, encourages my wife who she doesn't know, and and she doesn't get anything from that. The relational congruence, she is who she says she is, and it was awesome, and my wife loved it. So I'm a believer, not because of just what she said on stage or what she said into the microphone, but because of who she is and seemed to be throughout the whole time she was with us at our tech showcase. If you are interested in getting more information on her on us go to ccbtechnology.com slash podcast there's show notes there's other episodes there and if you want to engage with us impact podcast at ccbtechnology.com if you want to engage with me personally at ccb steve is instagram steve shears linkedin and impact podcast at ccbtechnology.com that'll come to me and the team here and we have a contest going on if you're not familiar with that Go to ccbtechnology.com slash podcast for all the details there. Basically, we're giving away this gigantic iPad and uh, you have a chance to win. So go to ccbtechnology.com slash podcast for the details and tell your friends from all of us here at CCB Technology. Thank you for listening.